This is the Hasidic Story Project with Barack Holman, podcasting from Jerusalem, Israel. You'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know, you'll never know. Eliyahu Hanavi came back down here to earth on a special mission. And he announced in this certain town that he was at that anyone who needed a blessing, a bracha, could come to the holy Eliyahu Navi and be blessed. Amongst the many people who got in line was one Jew who said, Eliyahu, if only I could learn Torah. My whole life I've been trying to learn Torah and I'm never able to remember anything. I've sat in the yeshiva and I've sat in lessons and I can't seem to grasp anything. Eliyahu said to him, I'll give you a way to learn Torah on one condition. Eliyahu sat down, and he took out a parchment and a quill, and he started writing the Aleph Bet, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. He wrote Aleph Bet, Gimel, Dalet, and he kept going until he finished the entire alphabet. Eliyahu turns to this Jew, he hands him the parchment, and he says, I'm giving you this blessing on the condition that you will teach Torah to any Jew who comes to you and asks you to teach them no matter what level of Torah they're at. And this simple Jew, he says, Of course, are you kidding me, Eliyahu Navi? If only I was on the level that I could teach other Jews. Nobody really wants to teach me because I'm such a simple Jew. And if I could teach other Jews, I will always be there to do it. Eliyahu Navi hands over the parchment and the next person in line. This guy, he comes over and he says, Eliyahu, I've been so poor my whole life, always having to beg for money and to get half loaves of bread. I'm just sick of being poor. Please, Eliyahu, can you give me a blessing that I be wealthy? Eliyahu hands this poor Jew a coin. It's an old coin, kind of rusty. And he says to the Jew, I'm giving you a blessing and this coin on the condition that you always help your fellow Jews. You always give tzedakah, and that you be the one who give them tzedakah. And you give it to them with a smiling face. The poor Jew says, Ah, Halavai, if only, Eliyahu Navi, I've been so poor my whole life, and I've always had to take from other people. I would be so happy to give to another Jew, and I'll always do it with a smile, I promise. And no matter who they are, I'll always be there for them. With that, Eliyahu Navi hands over the coin to this poor Jew. The next person in line, he says, Eliyahu, I've been looking for my wife for so many years. I can't take being single anymore, Eliyahu. I really want to get married. Can you please help me find my wife? Eliyahu says to this Jew, Yes, I'll take you to your wife right now, on one condition. The condition is that you always make an effort to have shalom bayit. That you always make an effort to get along with your wife. So this Jew says, Eliyahu, if you just show me my wife, I promise you, I'll always get along with her. So Eliyahu Navi gets up, and he starts walking with this Jew. And they walk, and they walk, and they walk, until they meet this woman. And the Navi says, I'd like you to meet your wife. And the woman looks at this man, and she looks at Eliyahu Navi, and she says, Oh, Eliyahu, this is the husband that you promised me? He said, Yes, my dear, this is your husband. And with that, Eliyahu Navi closes up shop, and he leaves town. He comes back a year later to see what's going on. Eliyahu starts off 
in the big yeshiva in town. He knocks on the door. He says, I want to see the Rosh Yeshiva. And the Gabbai there, he says, the Rosh Yeshiva, he only sees people that have learned Shas, all of Shas, the entire Talmud, and know all of the Zohar. And he quotes all of these books that everybody has to know in order to even step foot into the office of the Rosh Yeshiva. Eliyahu Navi says, I only know the Aleph Bet. I can hardly read. But still, I want the Rosh Yeshiva to teach me. Please take me to the Rosh Yeshiva. And the Gabbai refused. So Eliyahu Navi, he makes his way into the door of the office of the Rosh Yeshiva. And the Rosh Yeshiva, now he's a big rabbi. He's surrounded by books. And he looks up at Eliyahu Navi, not recognizing him. And he says, what can I do for you? Did you pass the test in order to get in here? And Eliyahu Navi says, no, holy rabbi, I'm just a simple Jew. And all I know is the Aleph Bet. And the rabbi says, sorry, my son, I can't teach you. You need to be a great scholar in order to enter my office. Eliyahu says, you don't recognize me. I'm Eliyahu Navi. And the great rabbi, he says, nope. I didn't recognize you, but Shalom Aleichem, it's nice to meet you now. Eliyahu says, give me back the parchment. The rabbi says, oh, what, that thing? With the Aleph Bet? Are you kidding me? Do you know how far I've gone? Do you know how much Torah I've learned? Here, have the parchment back. Eliyahu takes the parchment and leaves. And with that, the rabbi forgets all of the learning that he had accomplished over the last year. Eliyahu goes to the wealthiest man in town, and he lives in this magnificent mansion. He gets to the front door, and he sees there's a sign. The sign says, Bakers to the back. But Eliyahu, he knocks on the front door. He knocks and knocks and knocks until eventually the butler answers and he looks at this poor man and he says, didn't you read the sign? Beggars in the back. And the Aonavi said, nope, I insist on meeting the Balabite, the master of the house. And the butler looks at him and says, I told you, beggars in the back. Get in the back before I call the police. So the Aonavi goes towards the back and he's given a half a coin and a half a loaf of bread. And he says, I want to meet the master of the house. And the guy who's distributing the money and the bread, he said, nope. The master of the house doesn't meet anybody. He's too busy. Eliyahu Navi insisted and he made a big ruckus till eventually the master of the house came down. Eliyahu says to him, give me back the coin. And the wealthy man says, what are you talking about? He said, I'm Eliyahu Navi. Give me back the coin I gave you. And the wealthy man pulls the coin out of his pocket. He says, what, this thing? Do you know how much money I've acquired over the last year? This little coin means nothing to me. Here you go. And with that, Eliyahu Navi walks away. Eliyahu Navi walks down this long, long path deep into the forest until he gets all the way to the end of town and past the end of town, and he finds this little shack, this run-down house, and in it is the couple that he set up. He gets there disguised as somebody who they didn't recognize. The wife says to her husband, My dear, look, we finally have a guest. Let's go slaughter the goat. And the husband says, What are you talking about, the goat? We can't slaughter the goat. We won't have any money. That's our entire livelihood, selling the milk from the goat. The wife says, It doesn't matter. We finally have a guest. We have nothing to feed him. Let's go slaughter the goat, and Hashem will take care of us. So the husband, he goes, he slaughters the goat. The wife prepares a beautiful feast. 
and they serve their guest. Eliyahu Navi finishes the meal, and he says to the couple, Do you recognize me? Of course they didn't. And he said, I'm Eliyahu Navi. I'm your Shad Khan. I'm the one who brought the two of you together. The condition was that you always have Shalom Bayit, that you always get along with one another. And I know you've been living in poverty, and I know you don't have any children yet. So first I want to bless you with children, and then I'm going to leave you two gifts. Here's a coin, and here's a parchment. Thanks for listening, my sweetest friends. I have great news for you. I have another podcast. It's called Jewish People and Ideas, Conversations with Jewish Thought Leaders. And I'll give you a preview right now. Yossi Kleinolevi is a senior fellow at the Shalom Hartman Institute in Jerusalem. He's the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Letters to My Palestinian Neighbor, which presents the Israeli-Jewish view of how Israelis and Palestinians could reconcile their differences. He's also the author of Like Dreamers, the story of the Israeli paratroopers who reunited Jerusalem and divided a nation, which won the Jewish Book Council's Jewish Book of the Year Award. I sat down with Yossi in his office at the Hartman Institute to discuss his work, Israeli-American-Jewish relations, the future of Judaism, and much more. I'm Barack Coleman, and this is Jewish People and Ideas, a podcast of conversations with Jewish thought leaders about contemporary Jewish topics. Support for this episode of Jewish People and Ideas comes from the Mayanot Institute for Jewish Studies in Jerusalem, Israel. First of all, thank you, Yossi, for being on the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It seems symbolic that you went from a basement in Brooklyn to the last house in French Hill, and you went from being a Kahana supporter to the author of Letters, Letters to My Palestinian Neighbor. How did you go from one to the other? Well, what, what's interesting, though, is that the basement that I lived in I was in my parents' house in Borough Park, and I had the basement. Uh, our house was on uh, 44th Street between 8th and 9th Avenue. And for those who know Borough Park geography, uh, they'll appreciate the fact that that is a border street. And 8th Avenue was then, and still as far as I know is today, uh, the dividing line between uh, Jewish Borough Park and whatever else is beyond Jewish Borough Park, which we growing up had no interest in. You know, whatever was, was extraneous to Jews was not, not of interest. But at a certain point, I did become curious and I wanted to know, you know, what, what actually lies beyond the river Sambation that, that, that kind of surrounded 
Borough Park like a moat. And, uh, I, I was, I was afraid of the non-Jewish world, but also very curious. And the fact that I lived on a border street and live on a border, in a border building today, where the, literally the last row of houses of Jerusalem at, outside my porch, uh, on the next hill, uh, begins, uh, it's hard to know what to call it because it's still technically munis- Jer- the Jerusalem municipality, but it isn't. It's really no man's land. And beyond that is the Palestinian Authority, and beyond that is, uh, is the Kingdom of Jordan. So from my porch, I can see literally three political entities. I see the sovereign state of Israel, which ends more or less outside my apartment. I see the Palestinian Authority, and then I see the Kingdom of Jordan, and it's all within a 50-minute drive. And I see, at night, I see the lights of Jordan. So living on a border has always, I've always been a, a citizen of the border. And that's really the place that, uh, that the geographical space reflects, uh, the space that I, I suppose I'm most comfortable being in. And it's not a comfortable place to be, but any other place is even less comfortable for me. So I think that, that a good starting point in trying to, to figure out what led from my very insular, xenophobic childhood growing up as the son of a Holocaust survivor and really looking at the world through my father's eyes and considering myself a kind of a vicarious survivor, a contemporary with my father, which is how my father raised me. And, and to go from there and to seeing all non-Jews as, if not active enemies, at least threats to, uh, to my life today of really trying to reach out across very difficult borders, including the border that I live on, I think the first, uh, the first step is curiosity. And curiosity is a very dangerous, even subversive act, because you're not supposed to be curious about anything that's, that's outside your Dalit Amot. Your, why your why are you not supposed to be curious? You're not, if you're being raised in a certain environment whose whole purpose is to keep you locked in that world, then curiosity is, is the, uh, is the original sin. Uh, curiosity is the most dangerous impulse. And so the idea in any, um, fundamentalist world, whether it's religious or political, I didn't grow up in a fundamentalist religious home. I grew up in a, in a, in an orthodox home, but it was quite, open and modern, as they used to call it. and uh, But I very much imposed on myself a kind of fundamentalist politics. To hear the rest of this episode, go to the website Jewish People Ideas. Three words all together, jewishpeopleideas.com, or you can search for it on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.